You know, friends, believe it or not, sometimes I just don't have a hilarious story to tell about seeing a movie for the first time, just the memory of really liking it. This one came out when I was in college, when I had a free pass to the university movie theater and was seeing practically every film that passed through its doors. I'd seen the trailer with Alec Baldwin hilariously declaring that he didn't have a god complex, he was god, and I was pretty much ready for it not to get much better than that. But it did. Oh, how it did. I'd be astonished that Longino hasn't seen this film, except it seems like nobody except me has seen this film. So get ready, friends and neighbors, as we deep dive into a forgotten early 90s neo-noir, Malice. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, we watch it and we decide, does it hold up? I'm John Longino. And I'm John Nelson. And welcome to this month's film, Malice. Yeah. Yes. Before we get to that, though, I should mention, if you'd like to send us an email, you should email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, holduppodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter page, our Instagram page, everything of interest and note. Go to our Twitter page, where Elon Musk has... (laughs) Bought us out. Yes, as of this recording, today is the day that Elon (laughs) Musk uh, purchased Twitter, so we'll just date ourselves a bit there. Uh, Speaking of malice... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. Nelson, you you have brought for this month's film, uh, Malice, which, as yes, as you mentioned in your intro, I know very little about. Mm. Um, So why did you choose Malice? Uh, Because I really, really loved it. When I saw it, it was one of those that it, I just I'd seen the ads and it looked stupid. And I was like, I'm going to go into this and it's going to be dumb. And I'm going to have a you know hilarious time because I didn't have to pay for this shit. And uh, and then I went in and it was surprisingly good. And again, I hadn't uh, gotten much um, noir education as a, mm-hmm. as a young man. And this was me starting to figure out, hey, I really like crime films. I'm ch- so I'm trying to place, okay, just d- p- putting it completely on front street. I'm trying to place my memories of malice and everything about it, which is honestly not very much. I can sum it up very quickly. Oh, good. One, I think it came out in the early 90s. That's sort of my memory. I know that Alec Baldwin is in it. I remember Nicole Kidman's in it. And I want to say a third person whom I actually don't recall, but I know there's yes. like a third party. So let's say that it was Bill Pullman or oh, something. Oh, good. <laughs> Nicely done. Is that who it actually it is, is? It is actually no Bill shit. Pullman. shit! Which is, <laughs> I mean... I, I actually, that was a joke. Like, I totally said that as a joke. It's, it, the, the way they treated him for this movie's advertising was a joke. <laughs> I don't think he was in the trailer, but for a second. Spoiler alert, he's the protagonist. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, one, I, okay, I'm floored at my uh, ability to, I need to go uh, start giving tarot card readings yeah. out on the street. Or, you know, it's also, of course, possible, because I have seen the trailer for this movie many years ago. Yeah. So it is possible that somewhere deep in my subconscious, I maybe sort of remembered that, just didn't have it at the front of my mind. But regardless, I yes, I, and I don't know damn near anything about the plot. My understanding is, I know that, that, Alec Baldwin's a doctor. Yes. I know that that uh I guess it's Bill Pullman and Nicole Kidman's married to one of them. I don't remember which one. And then and they're all like either they're all doctors together or he's a doctor and it seems the question is like 
is he a malpracticing evil doctor? That's kind of my memory of the trailer. Okay, good. And I'm going to guess yes is <laughs> the quick and easy answer. Because whenever you have those movies, like, you know, Rear Window or whatever, like, is he a murderer? I wonder. You know, it's always they are. So that that's all, literally all I know about Malice. Okay. I, th- I was quite young when the movie came out. It must have been like 10, 11, 12 years old. So I was too young to see it, but I definitely saw the promotion for it. Well, I'm not going to get into too many plot particulars because it is a mystery and much like Diabolique that we did last month that has its own uh, special payoffs uh, for not knowing anything. I will say that uh, there was a shitload of talent in this movie. It's got, you know, Baldwin, Kidman, Pullman, also everybody else. Gwyneth Paltrow plays a little role. Jigsaw is in it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, George C. Scott and Bancroft. The list goes on. Wow. It is okay. it is written by Aaron Sorkin and Scott Frank. Scott Frank, who is famous for, like, Get Shorty and a number of other uh, sure. big-time movies. Uh, and, um, oh, he did the chess show, right? The um, the Queen's Gambit, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, perhaps. I, believe, I don't actually know. I believe he, he wrote and, and shepherded the Queen's Gambit. And directed by Harold Becker, who I believe is a recurring director. This is his second time on The Hold Up, because I think he did Vision Quest. I want, oh, to, I, wow. I want to say he did Vision Quest. Which, if my if memory serves me, was a double hold-up film that yes. was quite enjoyed by both of us. So that is that is a good sign. Yes. He also did, like, Sea of Love and a couple other things. That's if it's Harold Becker, as I remember. I hope I'm right about that. I'm going to be feeling <laughs> stupid if it's not. Well, that's that's the way memories are. Yeah. So uh, when you were talking about it, you, you mentioned Diabolique, which we watched uh, last month, a, a mystery film as well with some kind of twists and turns to it. How much of the plot can we discuss? Because it sounds like you want to sort of hold back. I, there's really not much I can discuss. You've sort of guessed. You want to get, you know, you talked about the malpractice, and I mean, you've sort of. I mean, my guess is Alec Baldwin's a murderer. That's that's my guess. Like, <laughs> that mean, was what the trailer basically told me. Yeah, I, I mean, they live in I think a New England town. Uh, Alec Baldwin is like new to town. He's a you know big time big shot surgeon, and uh, as you can guess, things go wrong pretty quickly. And this is Alec Baldwin in his strikingly handsome hunt for red october sure. alec this Baldwin is like days. his first prime yes not his like comedy second prime right in middle age this was yes you yes. mentioned hunt for red october this is full yes like heartthrob alec baldwin this was like a, yeah it was hunt for red october glengarry glenn ross speechifying sure. in his way into history the shadow you know yeah. all the classics <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the greats <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing. And Bill Pullman, of course, getting third billing uh, and being lucky to get third billing because I don't think he'd done. He hadn't done Independence Day yet. Independence Day was to come sure. later. He had only done, I think, Last Seduction and maybe uh, uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Spaceballs is definitely the thing I saw him in first. I think that was his first like movie. That he was an sense. actor and he did a lot of stuff before that. But he, you know, his first movie movie was Spaceballs. But I yes, think. you you mentioned Independence Day. That is worth bringing up. That is immortalized his performance <laughs> in that movie. As far as I'm concerned, that is the quintessential Bill Pullman scene. Well, uh, you're going to get the Bill Pullman that you've come to know and love. It's, you know, the schleppy, uh, you know, put down upon uh, <laughs> Bill Pullman who you're like, why Why is everybody picking on this poor oh, okay. guy? That that Bill Pullman. Full zero effect, like quirky Bill Pullman or? No. Okay. No, very, uh, very Normal. grounded. I think okay. he's even like a college professor or oh, wow. something like that, Bill Pullman. Yeah, he's uh, he's very down to earth. 
Uh, and again, I don't, you know, it sucks because I, I want to talk about this film because, you know, I, I really was surprised at how good it was. And it's this is the thing. You say, oh, well, if it was so good, then why are you bringing it in? Because I, I didn't, but I was going to ask that. Yes. So. Well, because you usually do. You're like, well, then why did you why bring it in? Why is it here in the holdup? Answer me, John. <laughs> because I can't tell if it's one of those movies that was good in the 90s and and you know 30 years later is now going to have a whole different thing to it because again time has passed there's a lot of water under the bridge now and i don't i mean it seems to me it should hold up but then there's movies that i've you know really liked and i go back and watch and i'm like oh that was kind of a time and place more than i realized Mm -hmm. now i feel like this is a little bit more um I keep saying grounded. I feel like it's a little more grounded of a movie and there's, you know, because like like Vision Quest, it's like it's a real lived in type of a movie. So the stuff that maybe, you know, doesn't pass well because of time might be forgiven because you're like, well, I'm still convinced, though, that this took place in 1992 or three or whatever. It's like maybe, you know, the attitudes and stuff wouldn't shift over to the modern day, but this definitely makes sense for its time. So that's what I'm hoping will will be the saving grace mm-hmm. of it. It has a lot of great lines in it, much much like sure. the God Complex one. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if it's written by Aaron Sorkin, that that makes sense. Right. That it has some some good dialogue. My chief question, however, is how come this stars Nicole Kidman and not Kim Basinger? Oh, good question. Because be- doesn't it seem like it should be Kim Basinger? I don't know. I feel like her and Alec Baldwin were in like every movie together in the early 90s. I mean, that might because be... Because they were a couple, right? Yeah. So. Well, that may be why, too. But Nicole Kidman was like... She was like becoming Nicole Kidman. Or, I think, like, perhaps I should ask, why is this Alec Baldwin and not Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if that, the shoe was on the other foot. <laughs> I'm sure you'd have to ask Harold Becker, and I'm sure that the answer is because, well, look at Tom Cruise. Handsome man, but he looks... Like he's short and very adventurous, whereas Alec Baldwin, he's like uh, John Hamm before John Hamm came along, right? He was just like the quintessential, always wearing a suit, even to sleep, like slick, yes. debonair, like, you know, fucking ice doesn't melt in his mouth. I'm trying to think if Nicole Kidman and Alec Baldwin were ever in anything else together. I can't think of anything. Because... That's why it seems, I mean, I don't know. It makes sense. They're in a movie together. But I, that's why I'm bringing up these other actresses. Because they, like, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger did a million movies together. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman did a million movies together. So, Well, they, Tom Cruise was not And they were both in relationships. her yet, right? I mean, Far and Away was yet to come. Oh, this is before that. Oh, okay. I, 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 okay. I, well, maybe I'm mixing it up. Because Far and Away was also in that college-y time where I saw it in the, the free theater. <laughs> so, I but, oh, no, Days of Thunder had already happened. So yep. Dead Calm, Days of Thunder, that's where Nicole Kidman would have come from. I don't know if Far and Away had happened yet, but she was like, she was on the rise. And there was something about the way she played this, because up till then she was playing like strict ingenue. Like, you know, there's just something about her where she's a little bit more than Nicole Kidman we know now, which is kind of arch. Well, this is early on, right? Like she's still sort of finding herself as an right. actress and her range. Yes. Obviously, in the early 90s, this is like pretty face Nicole Kidman, very attractive woman, put right. in movies as a leading lady kind of thing. Well, you've sort of guessed the, the malpractice thing, but now you have a few more pieces of the puzzle. So malpractice to what end? I mean, what's going on? Why? Well, I, okay. with Off the top of my head, with the film called Malice, 
my guess is he's intentionally harming people. Like basically not a whoopsie. <laughs> I was drinking too much and my the knife slipped, you know. I, I think it's like he's a serial killer. Gets, <laughs> like misery, yeah. like the nurse who, who gets actually infants. there was a I can't remember the name. There's a real life case that happened like a few years ago that was along yeah. these lines of like a surgeon that was intentionally harming and killing people. Right. Because they he was like a sadist, basically. Right. That would be, you know, this is where my dark mind goes. That's, that would just be my guess. Like, go for the absolute worst. And so the, the film is a sort of tension, I would guess, of Bill Pullman either onto this or suspecting this. And, and a whole lot of like, this guy's killing people. And then a bunch of people going like, no way. What are you talking about? He would never do that. He's a decorated doctor. He's great. And he's like, and he's fucking my wife, Nicole Kidman. Or, you know, I, like, that's it's because that's the time this was happening in right in the early 90s there was a lot of that of just oh like yeah a sexual theater, stuff yes. yeah and it, yeah this is you know half half a step away from jade or whatever <laughs> so you know it I'm was sure in that, that yeah it was totally in that mix yeah. and, I, and, and it enjoys the company of those movies yeah so it's not quite an erotic thriller like that because you know like Jade and those, and you know, uh, uh, what was it, Sliver, and yeah. you know, those movies. Basic the, instinct. The erotic and thriller, you know, heavy emphasis on the erotic, where you couldn't get porn on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> so you had to go to your local theater and jerk <laughs> off to Sharon Stone and pretend it was like some high art movie, not just smut on screen. You know, what's crazy though is a bunch of those movies have turned out to be really good. I'm sure they are. Good. Like I know uh, our friend Tyler has written us to tell us that Basic Instinct is no good, but I really like. Like basic instinct. Uh-huh. Like, I still have never seen it. What? I've oh my shit and God. Maybe there's a catch up in the future. That mm. that's Paul Verhoeven, man. At and this is after he'd done like Robocop and that's was, tr- Oh well, Verhoeven did that one as well. I had I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And and he completely manages to like Hitchcock and satirize it. It's mm. it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's despite the uh controversial reputation that it holds i, I remember it being good but right, yeah but but malice is not basic instinct smut like it's no. a it's a traditional thriller that maybe gets a little sexy at times yes. i would imagine so. at, yes it is an erotic thriller not a erotic thriller <laughs> so uh yeah and bill pullman let's face it i mean you know you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna get a lot of sexy time with bill pullman what are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> I say that now, and then you'll be like watching the movie, like, "Holy God, that man is beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> he's a very attractive man. I'm, I'll stand up well, for Bill Pullman. Of course he's... he is. He's a fucking actor. They're all attractive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jigsaw's an attractive man in his own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, everybody in this movie is very, very pretty. Okay, well, John, since we can't delve too deep into the plot aspects, um. I guess I'm left with the question of do you think that malice will hold up? Yes, I do. Again, this is practically a cheat from what I remember. I'm just leaving the buffer, the 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 shadow of a doubt, because, again, I was a younger man and it was a different time. There may be stuff in there that doesn't work in the Me Too era or something like that. Like <laughs> something just doesn't track as, as well as it. And I'm forgetting exactly what it is. 
But uh, all the racial hatred that he right, spews just, yeah, just exactly. came out of nowhere. Where, you know, Bill Pullman puts on a white hood and starts, <laughs> you know, uh, randomly killing people. But no, I think I, I really remember liking this. And I hope that it's not too cheesy because there's a cheesy element to it. But I think the cheesy is like completely on purpose to like to, hmm. to give you a tone. So I'm, I'm hoping that the cheesiness is not just cheesiness and I'm remembering it right. So but I'm going to put it all in. I'm putting my fucking balls on the table and oh, giving wow. you the hammer Jeez. to hit him with or i'm gonna scalpel or you gonna... yeah dude <laughs> yeah exactly cut me cut me john cut me mick <laughs> well i in the absence of pretty much mm, a lot of information uh it, really only going off of my hazy memories of the trailer and your uh kind of recommendation of it i'm gonna say that it will hold up Mainly because Alec Baldwin, uh, Nicole Kidman, Bill Pullman. I mean, these are all really top-notch actors, so I would expect nothing short of at least a good performance from them. Yeah, I mean, they're going to sell you on this. If nothing else, they are all selling it. And then you you mentioned Aaron Sorkin. I did not know that, that he uh, wrote this film. So, you know, I'm actually... Uh, don't know a lot of early Aaron Sorkin movies. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah, well, I think this was sort of it. Like, he did A Few Good Men. That was based on a play yeah. that he did. Which I've, I've seen that. It's good. So, And I don't know. I know he did a lot of punch-up work, you know, script doctoring at that time. But this is the only thing I can remember. I'll do the research when we're watching. But, yeah, he, was, he you know, he, he had A Few Good Men. It was a hit. And then he did other scripts, but they weren't nearly as, like celebrated is my memory and then he did the west wing and everybody you know blew up on aaron sorkin the tv guy there you go that my memory of him is like everyone freaking out about sports night or whatever which <sighs> oh I that's never right watched. sports night was first i think right. that was before west wing so that's probably yeah. yeah he does uh few good men he does a couple of movie scripts I can't tell if like Scott Frank wrote this and then Sorkin punched it up or vice versa or some other dude wrote it and they totally wrote him out of it. You know, <laughs> I have no idea what the what the backstory okay. on this is. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to go don our scrubs and check out Malice and we will be right back. The power to heal can be an enormous thing. To save a life to get blood flowing into cells. If a person can do that, such a person would think that he could do anything. Dr. Hill, I think this might be a mistake. He thought you were going to die. Right about now, he's wishing I did. I have an MD from Harvard. I am board certified in cardiothoracic medicine. I have been awarded citations from seven different medical boards, and I am never sick at sea. When someone goes into that chapel and they fall on their knees and they pray to God that their wife doesn't bleed to death, who do you think they're praying to? You ask me if I have a God complex? Let me tell you something. I am God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from viewing Malice, the least complicated, uh, most straightforward movie ever made, uh, Mr. Nelson. Single malt scotch. <laughs> that was real classy. Yeah. Mr. Now you're playing the game. Now you're playing the game. <laughs> oh, man. I, a lot of thoughts just popping out of this thing. One that I thought was the most hilarious to me was 
right, so first and foremost, as uh, Nelson alluded to, before we watch the movie, there there's a lot going on in this movie, so now we are at the stage where we're going to spoil the shit out of Malice. Yes, and there's lots to be spoiled. Yes. So, so uh, ha- have, if you have not seen Malice, I would recommend a viewing uh, before listening to this part. Regardless, uh, I was <laughs> thrilled in the like in the you know Nelson you had sort of teased that there were surprises and twists and things to come. So I have to give the film a lot of credit because I was watching with quite a uh, an eye for yes. that kind of thing. And to me, so the one thing we didn't discuss before going into the movie is there's this whole plot about a campus serial killer rapist going yes. on. And Tobin Bell, a.k.a. <laughs> yes. Jigsaw, Jigsaw is up. the serial killer. Yes. It's point blank. It's a, I mean, if, you, if you're watching this in 2022 and you see the janitor <laughs> who is Jigsaw, <laughs> then you're like, well, he's the guy, yes. right? But, but what was so amazing is the moments before that was revealed that he is, in fact, the, the, this uh, rapist killer. We're sitting here watching... And uh, so I had got it in my head. One, the movie was very successful in completely misdirecting me into the mystery of the movie because I was totally on the like, who is the rapist murderer? That was not what the movie I thought I was watching. Yes. Well, that's, that's what, what the movie sets up. Yes. Yeah. I even very cockily turned to Nelson like 20 minutes in and was like, I'm calling it right now. Bill Pullman's the rapist because Alec Baldwin looks super guilty. <laughs> that That's what's going on. And then, then we have this scene. Yes. With Tobin Bell in the basement of the school <laughs> where Bill Pullman discovers uh, so this this uh, killer would cut the hair off of uh, his victims right there was right. this whole thing and so uh, Bill Pullman discovers locks of hair in the janitorial you know keepsake hope chest <laughs> Tobin a Bell a cigar box Tobin Bell super creepy looking murderer guy comes in oh that's my mother's hair you know, Bill Pullman walks away literally moments after that happened. I turned, I announced to the room and that's what's called a red herring. And your Boom. wife, your wife, Valley, who was also watching with us, agreed. She said, yes, total red herring. And she's seen this movie <laughs> yeah, before moments. Literally the second after I declare it's a red herring, Tobin Bell gets all like strangly <laughs> comes in and attacks Bill Pullman. It's resolved like he was the killer, and from there I was just totally lost. Like, what is happening? This movie's <laughs> gone off the reservation. I have no idea what's going on. I I gotta say I was um very pleasantly surprised to be just like dead wrong. Yeah, and that was really interesting. Well, that was the thing. I had no idea what the movie was about going in. And then I didn't even know there was a serial killer element the first time I saw it. And, of course, the movie starts with a murder. And, of course, I'm like, oh, I guess that's what this movie is. This is clearly what this will be about. Yeah. It's the only movie I can think of where a serial killer is just another red herring. (laughs) Just so you can get a couple of things. So you can throw suspicion onto Bill Pullman and Alec Baldwin off of Nicole Kidman. And completely obscure the true crime of the movie which is ah eh, it's a con job to get 20 million in <laughs> in medical fraud <laughs> yes there's which, a murderer and the medical fraud is the real deal yes I, I really have to give the movie credit i mean certainly i've seen movies with misdirections or sort of you know uh, things that they're kind of hiding from you or or misinforming you about i don't think i've ever seen a movie where the kind of main MacGuffin premise of, like, this is what we are tracking 
was horseshit. Like, <laughs> like, like to, to the boldness to have a serial killing rapist who's cutting women's hair off, murdering Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> just like. And it's not what the movie's about. I could like the the gall to do that <laughs> is really really impressive. And yes, you were totally right. It makes total sense. We were sort of talking about it right like moments after the movie ended, and that you have a movie where the kind of surprise of the movie is that Nicole Kidman is a con artist who has been playing everyone. Not only that, she actually knows Alec Baldwin and they're sort of in it together. It's funny that you you know, we watched Diabolique recently. This right. movie has a really similar kind of thing going on. Yes. Where it's three people and two people are playing the third person like a fiddle. Right. And so, you know, to me, that was really interesting because of all of the possibilities, I was looking to Bill Pullman, I was looking to Alec Baldwin, because I had been set up that a man was raping and murdering women. So my eye wasn't anywhere near Nicole Kidman as like a suspicious person. Right. And that's obviously very intentional. Yeah. And so so I was genuinely surprised, which is very hard to do. Well, I've seen it a few times, not in a long time, but I, I... I've seen it enough that I knew the twist and turns, obviously, and I'm still watching Nicole Kibben for the signs of breakage. You know what I mean? Because there's right. there comes and they're kind of they're getting as close as they can to basically telling you outright, but they can't tell you. There's a scene early on in the movie where Nicole Kidman and Alec Baldwin are in the house alone together, and they're talking to one another. And if you know the secret, you're like, okay, they uh, they know each other, and they're basically talking about the crime and. All they have to do is just say one or two words, and you're like, oh, this, the mystery is no longer a mystery. They're in on something together. But they played Nicole Kidman's disdain for him so well. Like, she pretends in the whole front half of the movie that she can't yes. stand him. Which this, is, is this the scene where she is in the bathroom yes. and then he sort of startles her yes and then she drops pills and there's this moment where they're like looking at each other yes as bill pullman comes in because it plays on a first viewing it plays like she's scared of him and then there's a weird sexual tension yes and and I, but that of course makes more sense the the other foreshadowing i can think of is there's this whole to-do about he brings a woman over and is having very loud sex with her <laughs> yes with music playing and Nicole Kidman can't go to sleep, and she's incredibly irritated. Yeah, she's pissed the fuck off yeah. about it. And that, you know, in the context of, like, they are lovers pulling a con together, then, then you, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, uh, Nicole Kidman's morals seem pretty, uh, uh, you know, low. Right. <laughs> I, I, obviously, she it didn't bother her too much, but you one could, it, it doesn't really make it clear, but one could guess, perhaps, she's jealous or upset that he's right. having sex with another woman and that that scene makes up is is plays totally differently if you know their true relationship hilarious of course because what is she doing but like priming the yeah, pump she's with bill Pullman, <laughs> right so it's yeah everyone's getting passed around it's like <laughs> uh yeah the the thing i love about this movie is they they just they do a great job the acting is first of all great because you know the actors are really just chewing scenery but they're doing it in such a way that you know again them chewing scenery is actually distracting you from the mystery them being like oh you know he's got a god complex and nicole kidman's kind of mad and bill pullman's kind of a schleb and you know all these things like work towards 
you being distracted. You're like trying to figure out, well, what is going on here? And you're never really on your feet the whole day. Because they, they throw in enough that it's like things don't seem completely right. I mean, they're living in this weird yes. house. Nothing, Everything's broken. Nothing's right. You know, and living again and a doctor having to live in a house with other people. What is up with that? You know, there's just these weird things. It's, it's <laughs> clever that they throw you off balance in a lot of like nothing where you're like, well, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you're like, that's kind of weird, though. <laughs> right. Yes. Why, why is that happening? And they do that a lot, which is great. So, well, it's really like there. Yes, there are many, many things that that put you on alert as something is going on or something is off. They've really early on sort of throw shade about as much shade as they put on Nicole Kinderman is like she might be having an affair or right. Bill Pullman certainly seems insecure about their marriage or relationship. She's, right. She's taking these trips into town for two hours about her mother's estate in air quotes. And then <laughs> she's dropped off by Peter Gallagher as he gives her a, a weird kiss on the cheek and Bill Pullman's watching. So like you already have a setup like he's really suspicious of her. Yes. Um, Which is weird because again, they're married and they're, they got a house together and it's like, right. Well, how, what? and it's, it's, Great, because in the first part of the movie, you're like, well, that's kind of, I mean, obviously things can happen in a marriage, but it's like, you don't, I mean, how well do you know your wife? That's kind of weird. And then later on, he realizes, I didn't know my wife all that At well. All. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's an interesting film also because I, my point of view was very sympathetic to Nicole Kidman for the first half of the yes. movie. So him, like, leering at her out the window asking her questions about is she, you know, why was she with a guy who brought her home? You know, Alec Baldwin coming to the house and disrupting her life and all that. Like, I was very much in her corner. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so just shocking <laughs> that it's like, oh, she's I mean, you you mentioned a, a neo-noir. Obviously, that's very much the case now that it's like, oh, this is a total femme fatale like right. woman using these men and is a total heartless criminal, you know? <laughs> which in its own way, you know, plays into certain stereotypes and stuff. But I think for the time, it's it's an interestingly complicated movie. Right. And I, it's fascinating. I, it, it is a movie that I think I would want to watch again at some point because much like Diabolique, when we were talking about that, your, your understanding of what's going on, it scenes will play completely differently. Yeah. Kind of knowing the truth of the matter. Well, like, for example, a great one is at one point, you know, Bill Pullman doesn't have a lot of money. He's an assistant dean at the college and he and uh, Alec Baldwin are sitting in a bar having a drink together and. Uh, Bill Pullman is bemoaning his lack of money and he's like, oh, I can't even fix my lighting. And uh, man, I'd give my right arm for a million dollars. And Alec Baldwin gives him this look like, right. would you? Would you give you? And then he starts asking these questions about what part of your body would you give up for a million dollars? And he is laying out the plot. He's basically saying somebody in this movie is about to lose an organ or something uh, precious to them for money. And it's right. But it's just poses like barroom talk, and it's really clever because I was like, "Oh man, he's just giving away his whole plan right then and there." And it's like, see, right. again, it's one of them like pushing up to the line and sort of daring the audience to guess what they're up to, which I love. Well, right, because I mean, how, here's the truth of it, I and mean, you know, for anyone who maybe doesn't remember or maybe has did not take our advice and is just listening to this and didn't see the movie, what, <laughs> what's, like, what the fuck is going on? What's sort of shocking about it? The con they are pulling is this sort of malpractice, almost like lawsuit, where 
uh, Nicole Kidman, who is with child and sick, goes into surgery and Alec Baldwin removes her ovaries because they he makes the call that like they look necrotic. And, yeah, one of them is actually uh, bursting. So yes. he has to take that one out. And then the other one looks necrotic because secretly he's gone in and mushed around yes. with it. But the whole the whole thing is to make him at fault for taking this away so that she can then sue the hospital for malpractice and then get a twenty million dollar settlement, but they're in on it together. So so Nicole Kidman and Alec Baldwin have planned this entire thing, and that's what's so fascinating about it because even even his big famous speech that's in the trailer about him <laughs> being God, right? He seems an egotistical maniac in that moment throw in and, and and very visibly he gives that speech like was god in that room i am god you yeah know, who when people go to out. pray that their child lives through yeah. the night who are they praying to great speech by the way oh yeah uh, the lawyer immediately sighs and is like like how much do we need to settle for <laughs> and it's interesting because the first time you watch that scene you think he's just delusional and very full of himself and then which is still true, but the, the, now knowing the truth of it, it's like, oh, he's throwing the case under the bus right. so that they get this settlement. It's yeah. all an act. And just the tragedy of everything happening to Bill Pullman is horseshit. Like, <laughs> not only is his wife conning him and, and totally playing him, this guy he meets from his own high school, by the way, like right. it's just randomly like, oh, we went to high school together. There's this whole sad subtext of, like, he wanted to be popular. He wants to be like this guy. Right. He's sort of super duped by both of them. I mean, the fact that, like, the guy fucking his wife, he invites to come live with him. Right. <laughs> and they plan the whole damn thing. It's just so sad. I think that's what's so cool about the movie. Once you realize the arc is like, oh, Bill Pullman's a fucking moron and he's been played by everyone. And then he goes to meet Nicole Kidman's mother played by Anne Bancroft, by the way, in a incredible performance. In yeah, the film. I think she got Oscar nominated for that or maybe incredible. one. I'll have to look that up. It's really from there. It was like the, the that's when I understood the actual arc of the film. Because she has this great line. Basically, she, basically in the scene, Anne Bancroft, Anne Bancroft explains to Bill Pullman that her daughter. So this is uh, uh, Nicole Kidman's mother. Uh, her daughter is like a con artist. She. This is where he realized she's played him the whole time. And she's drinking, uh, you know, scotch and like doing a card <laughs> trick thing. Single and malt scotch. It's incredible. Mister, that was so classy. <laughs> and at the end of the scene, she downs a shot, looks at Bill Pullman and says, now you're playing the game. No, it's not. It's even more generic oh, than that. Welcome to the game. That's oh, even better. Welcome to the game. Same shit we yeah. say at the top of the show. <laughs> and, then, and then I got it. Because then the arc of the movie is Bill Pullman gets played for a sucker. And yeah. then he turns it around and plays Nicole Kidman for a sucker and gets her arrested. And so his sort of arc and, and redemption, I guess, is now who's the fool? Like, I outcon the, the the queen of the con artist. Right. And he, we're made to think he want, he's a horrible person that wants in on this money, but ultimately he just... You know, went went in with his uh, police officer slash soon to be girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they have uh, 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 I forget her name, Frazier's wife, the actress who played Frazier's wife. Yeah, she's 
great in this. Oh yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, because she's just again, she is so integral to so many things, and yet she just underplays the whole. Like in the beginning, she's the cop on the serial killer case, <laughs> right? And right. It, the throwaway serial killer case <laughs> that has nothing to do with nothing. And yes. she, yeah, and she's <laughs> he keeps you know Pullman's accusing her of basically being sort of inept, and she's like mad at him for you know saying such things. To her. And then later on, she you know has you know she suspects him because all these clues point to Bill Pullman. So she's like, hey, if you want to come in and get a you know a, a semen test. So we can like make sure you're not the guy. He's like, well, f-. again, humiliating because it's like I have to come and jerk off into a cup to prove I'm not a killer. Thanks, Fraser's wife. And then all of this is in, you know, the whole serial killer thing. Her getting the test. Yeah, sure. Oh, he's innocent. Wink, wink. Oh, he passed the test. The, surely something's going on here. No, it's just for you to find out that Bill Pullman is sterile. And how does that figure in? Well, because Nicole Kidman was pregnant. It's the it's like this tiny little like the movie is over. The serial killer has been brought to justice. Uh, Nicole Kidman has left him and gotten her money from the you know for, for the settlement. Everything's over except this one nagging little sweater thread. Tells him he's sterile, and then he's like, "Wait a second. And that's what launches the whole second mm-hmm. half of the movie, which is yes. Amazing. By the way, this professor that caught a serial killer <laughs> then <laughs> catches a Connor. He's like the Indiana Jones of, <laughs> of like con people and murderers. Right. Like what this guy, like that's insane. Like he was just a schlub professor. Yep. And now he he needs to open a detective agency. <laughs> he actually does this. He goes full Sam Spade. Goes to a like looks up a name. Goes to a place. Tricks a guy like he's in Chinatown. <laughs> gets gets like the Rolodex info to go find them. By the way, that was another thing that I I I feel silly now. But when he's when he's going and hunting down Nicole Kidman, I knew she was bad by that point. And then she's coming into the house, and I was like, none the wiser. I'm like, I guess she's with some guy. And then Alec Baldwin came in with her, and then right. they're making out. And I was like, oh my god! I felt like Bill Pullman in that moment. <laughs> like I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. Like I can't believe that this movie duped me this hard. Right? Like it conned me. Watching, I couldn't believe I didn't figure that out. And I was really impressed. Like, oh wow, you got me. Like I did not know that was happening. Yeah. Well, and. I mean, again, if you pull too many of these threads, I don't think they make a whole lot of sense. Like, this whole thing is based on, like, well, she used to work for this Dr. Lillianfield in Boston, and then she ripped off his practice, and then she moved here and apparently became a student and married her professor. And then Dr. Lillianfield, who actually is Jed Hill and has a practice. I, sure. <laughs> the whole thing about the Lily, I mean, I don't I understand. Mean, we're, not, we're not even bringing the blind kid into it. Like, well, we want to sure. go like 8D chess <laughs> of like the mysteries that were revealed. Like, Well, at least the kid being blind makes some sort of sense. That I'm still wondering like, at what point did they set up Dr. Lillianfield? I mean, because Anne Bancroft seemed convinced that he was a real doctor. So, Yes, that's a fair point. Right, because then Alec Baldwin says, like, you know he would figure out there is no Dr. Lillian Field. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I think she's a con artist. Uh, Obviously, she's not going to town to talk to her lawyer about an estate or whatever. So, like, everything is into question. And, you know, what her mom does and doesn't know, who fucking knows? Like, she's (laughs) a a drunk talking nonsense. That's true. I mean, you know, you never quite know 
Because he goes there basically just asking, hey, can you just give me an address or yes. a phone number for your, your fucking daughter? And Anne Bancroft's like, I don't know where she is. Give me the, give me the <laughs> scotch. <laughs> and you'd never quite know if she's telling lies. She, she's basically leading him down the garden path. And the only reason she does that is because he was nice enough to bring an expensive scotch. <laughs> she's willing to turn her yeah. daughter and turn him on her daughter because he got her nice scotch, which By is way, great. Give it up for Peter Gallagher, his character, because he had no business helping Bill Pullman. But he actually, without him, he doesn't figure anything out because right. he was the one that was like, hey, go see your mom and bring her some scotch. Well, he actually, he doesn't even say go see your mom. He's actually, well, he says it, but he doesn't know that he's giving away privileged information because oh right oh right he's like talk to her friends talk to her mother talk to her mother bill pullman's like what mother her mother's been dead for 12 years or so she says he but what he he does do know he's kind of fucked up a bit he's like oh yeah and then but he is the one who says well if you're gonna go see her you might want to bring some sketch (laughs) so yes that that was interesting to me because he was painted as like oh nicole kimmon might be having an affair with him right so it was interesting in that moment He's seeing Bill Pullman, you know, bruises all over his face. <laughs> it's not my child having a fucking meltdown. Right. And I like that this lawyer takes him over to be like, I'm just going to throw this guy one bone. Like, <laughs> like, it's my client. I shouldn't fuck her over. But like this poor man, this like, guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> at one point, the cop says your your life is basically like Job's. And I think right. basically ever. I mean, it's it's. It's almost as if they've picked someone who's too big a sucker. They found the perfect sucker yeah. to work this plot in because they need somebody they know is going to make a certain decision, basically. That's the only thing he's there for is for character background, to make her look a certain way, and to, at the correct moment, say yes. When Alec Baldwin says, hey, can I take out her ovaries? And But the fact is they've picked somebody who's such a schlub or such a, you know, apparently, although he beats up serial killers, apparently is such a loser that everybody feels sorry for him enough to throw him one bone apiece. Right. Which is just (laughs) enough for him to figure out all that he needs to know. Except Nicole Kim and no bones coming there. By the way, a funny little side tangent. Um, There was a little bit of uh, movie reference that I caught in this film that I didn't know before. Basically, for anyone who's ever seen it, there's a comedy film called Fatal Instinct that parodies <laughs> like all of these kind of movies. Right. All of them. Yeah. And so I got almost every reference in that movie, but towards the end of Fatal Instinct, there's a bit involving a stairway and falling off of a like a banister and to the ground. So they repeat oh. the shot from this film, Malice. Oh, wow. Where they fall off the stairs okay. onto the ground. And I just saw it in this movie and was like, oh, it was like that <laughs> dumb thing. Where like, you know how people watch The Simpsons and they're like, oh, I now understand this where this is from. Right. Like, I, it was this little piece of like film history that I was like, oh. Fatal Instinct got it from this. Okay, that makes sense. That happens to me with Airplane all the time. I'll be watching some old movie and then finally I'll be like, or Naked Gun. Airplane or Naked Gun. I'll be watching some old movie and I'll be like, oh shit, that's where they got. Okay, now it makes sense because I didn't get that joke before. You know what I mean? Usually it was one of the jokes that I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. (laughs) And they're like, we're referring to a really obscure movie. Yeah, I'm shocked that this movie doesn't enjoy a better reputation. Like, I was looking it up while we were watching. Apparently, Sorkin himself has, like, written it off. 
He like has oh, said, wow. "I did this movie early in my career, and it's bullshit." And, and well, I could. Say, I mean, to be fair, when you said Aaron Sorkin, this was not the film I was expecting. Because sure. while while he is a, a a very good writer and great at dialogue, this like eight twist level crazy. <laughs> this was just a full on. I mean, not an exploitation film, but it was like <laughs> not his style at all in no. terms of the plot and stuff. Well, and again, there were a lot of writers with their hands. There yeah. was a guy who I assume uh, was the original writer who was credited as the story writer, which usually means the guy who thought the whole thing up. Uh, and then there's Aaron Sorkin, and then there's Scott Frank, and then at the very end right. of the movie, there's like special consultant William <laughs> Goldman, and I'm like, well, that makes sense to me. That's where your right. twists and turns come from. And I, so I don't know this for a fact, but to me, that sort of explains the throwaway rapist serial killer <laughs> plot, because I could see that, like, if you think there's a movie with like five, six, seven writers. I could see a version where, like, that was an actual movie. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, yes. it was the serial killer movie, and then someone along the way was like, what if it's not? You right. Know? You know, I like, think we've seen that movie. Why don't we just throw it away? Right. And rather than, like, rewrite from scratch, it's like there's all these holdovers from some other movie right. that now is only serving as a, as a ruse to, like, <laughs> movie 8.0. I could kind of see that. Uh, but it works, and it shouldn't work with all these like fingers in the soup or whatever but it's like somehow that the, it just magically all comes together and there's a tonal tightrope that is totally ooh I, alliteration tonal tightrope that is totally being uh, walked on this one because Again, like Anne Bancroft, like looking at me, like, welcome to the game. <laughs> that's the worst line ever. It shouldn't work. And it's yet, great. it's Anne Bancroft with her eyes looking at you all funny and crazy. And you're like, that's amazing, dude. And like Alec Baldwin and his God complex speech, greatness. Well, in a way, the offbeatness and the all over the place ness of it and the oh frankly overwrittenness of it, <laughs> in a weird way, while that should be a negative, it kind of serves. For if you're a viewer trying to figure the movie out, like yeah. I dare you to, like there's just no way, right? Like I've fucking seen a million movies like this. I thought I was so smart. I'm like, well, I got <laughs> this down fucking pat because I expect it. You know, I'm like, oh, it's trying to make me think this, so it must be this. I I did not anticipate it's doing this to make it look like this, but actually, what if it's this? But actually, instead, it's this other fucking movie. Like, <laughs> like that all served to just confuse me to the but but at the end of it, it there's nothing. Like you said, there's a little bit of like loose plot thread. I mean, plot there's stuff, stuff that's like, could, could they have thought could, that far ahead? But. but by and large, it actually holds up pretty well. Where like once you kind of know everything, you can reflect upon earlier scenes and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense now, and and that's really impressive to me. You know, the movie has to work a certain way and on a certain meta level, too, because, again, as an audience, you're, like, trying to second-guess everything. It's like, well, George C. Scott's got to be important, right? Because he wouldn't just show up for a <laughs> five-minute role. <laughs> but, also great, by the way. Oh, George fucking, C. Scott was incredible. Yeah, he was great. Everybody was great. And Cusack shows up. <laughs> the, you know, the, the least famous Cusack sister shows up as a, as a waitress, for crying out loud. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the, the movie is just... Well, and it seems like that thing you're talking about, the accidental like tailoring together of all these things, it's like, oh, let's get Anne Bancroft. Ah, fuck it. George C. Scott had a week off. Let's get him. It's just, <laughs> it's like all these things that shouldn't work, and yet they all mysteriously weave together for this uh, amazing movie, uh, which was directed by Howard 
Beck, Harold Becker. Yes. No, I can't even remember the name. You were <laughs> yeah. Uh, Your dear friend. <laughs> my, my, my favorite movie director ever, Harold Becker. Uh, yeah. And once again, doing a, an amazing job of, of grounding a movie that should not work. <laughs> right. I think you're right. I mean, all, by, I think that's the most impressive thing about the movie. Like you sit there and reflect on it, and you're like, this should not work at all. No. Like this is <laughs> this is the most overly complicated, ridiculous story. Yeah. With the weirdest scenes. Yeah. Everything about this should not work. But like it actually works incredibly well. Like, I don't know how they did that. There's even a scene like at his house, at Dr. Lillianfield's house at the end, where it's like on a sea cliff with <laughs> storms and tempests in the background and like a Jerry Goldsmith score sounds oh, like yes. Poltergeist. And it's, I swear to God, it's like those old like 50s movies where it's just like Oh yeah. And it so works. It's so, ch- and it looks like a matte painting. It looks completely yes. fake. And yet, works great because it's just by that point tonally like you say everybody's just completely gone off script they're you know bill pullman's it's running wild. around soaked in the rain yeah i mean it's great it's it and baldwin at the last minute turning you know he's like this guy who's been uh, an asshole the whole time suddenly gets a conscience it's like oh i'm not gonna kill a kid and if you kill the kid I'm going to be the state star witness. And then she <laughs> magically produces a gun. It comes yeah. out of nowhere. There's he also a- knows it's there. Like somehow, <laughs> I assume he heard it click or something. He just stops I his drag. Well, he just, she's yeah, he gun. just stopped. She just yeah. had it magic. Like it, it, it apparated into her hand. It, this is not even Chekhov's gun. This is, well, oh, this yeah. is like uh, uh, Mr. Chekhov from like Star Trek. He teleported the gun <laughs> in because it was nowhere near the first act. I'll tell you that. Yes. <sighs> Actually, that that's almost like a little, that's what the whole movie's like. You're like, whoa! Wait a minute, guns out! Like what? Like like every scene is like, wait, what the fuck? Like what is what's happening? Well, and once Jigsaw's choking a guy, you're like, you're like, what is going on? Like that, it it, it overwhelms you with like its wild turns, and I I think it it serves it amazingly. Yeah, and somehow everybody seems. I mean, it's a movie, and you never forget it's a movie. But I think everybody seems to be in this real world. You you. You don't doubt that, oh, yes, Bill Pullman is living in this gigantic house, probably because it's a shithole. That's how he can afford it on a fucking assistant <laughs> yeah. dean salary. He does, he's, he's down on his luck, and he's in, like, an eight-story manor. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, sure. I mean, the the nurse who works nights next door and can't afford a babysitter yeah. for her blind child, she's got the same-looking no, house. So. They're not sharing a duplex or in a brownstone. They're in no. these fucking mansions. Like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's that's great. And the inside of her house is super nice because oh, you yeah. see it, uh, you know, at the end. What when- do you think that conversation was like for that sting operation? <laughs> They're like, listen, ma'am, I know you have a late shift tonight and your blind son needs to practice piano or, you know, because it, it, it calms him. But we're going to catch a murderess. And can I put this dummy here where, where your son usually is? And can this cop dress like you, the nurse? And like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get you back here no less than 10 minutes after this all goes down. Yeah. Like, well, that's all that's all movie horse shit at that point. It's but amazing. it's a hilarious movie horse shit. Well, what we're talking about, folks, you know, again, if you haven't seen this movie for some reason by this point, uh, there is uh, in the early in the movie. 
uh, Nicole Kidman and Bill Pullman are eating sexy Chinese food together and <laughs> having relations. And they establish that they haven't hung curtains in this house of theirs. And there's a boy next door playing at his piano, looking directly at them. And so uh, at some point, and they make a big deal like, well, this kid watches us have sex. It's weird that we do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 90s, folks. Uh, but then at the end, that's what Bill Pullman holds over her head. He's like, I want half your money or I'm going to fucking go to the cops and tell them. And I've got a witness, the kid next door. Ha ha. We should have gotten curtains. And then she goes to this whole thing. And kills Alec Baldwin, which you know certainly that won't land her in legal trouble. <laughs> and then she tries to kill the kid, and oh, it's a dummy. And she tries to put plastic over its face, much like she took the plastic. You noted this. There, yes. She she puts plastic wrap over this dummy's face, like as she had earlier taken plastic off a kid's head, which I thought was because she was sort of babysitting children in a hospital. Yeah. And one of the kids was running around with a plastic, and she goes like. Don't you dare do that. Don't ever put plastic over your head. Like, stop. Yeah. So even that is a setup. she tries to murder a kid that way. Even so that like, is a setup, yeah. which is amazing. So then she uh, almost murders this dummy. Then Bill Pullman is allowed to come back in for some reason where someone is committing an obvious <laughs> murder ploy. And then he gets to say his cool shit. And then she attacks him. They fly off the, the, the banister, as you had uh, said earlier, hit the ground. And then the cop shows up. Freeze. <laughs> and Bill Pullman's like, what? took you so long he's like well i had to drive off in the car to make it look good it's like uh there was an actual nurse looks there that might have oh I, th I think she said uh i we that they were looking for alec Baldwin. oh right they were waiting because they yes. thought he was going to come too and that's then, right and then he's like that's something right. tells me he's not making it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you find out the kid is blind yeah, it's like, it's like the eight millionth twist. Like, guess what? It was all a he bluff. Was blind. That was the one that I did immediately go like, Nicole Kimmon never saw this blind kid like walking around like uh, they're next door neighbors. Like, uh, she never asked how things going. Like, the only thing I can think there is the only uh, no prize I can offer for that is she doesn't actually like kids. Clearly not. So she didn't pay close attention. She likes having sex in view of children. A view of them, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness he was blind. That is one of the things <laughs> that I think is pretty funny, though. They 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 set her up as like, oh, she wants kids, and oh, her poor baby was aborted, and she can't have kids anymore. Turns out she hates kids. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> with a vengeance. <laughs> can't wait to kill them. That's uh, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Nelson, uh, now that we have given the grand tour of malice, <laughs> uh, do you think it held up? Holy shit, yes. Oh, it did me did me so right. It did <laughs> Holy shit, was that movie good. I loved it as much as I loved it the first time, maybe even more cuz oh man, I would keep like trying not to look over at, at Longino and see his reaction to things. I was afraid that I'd already given away too much by saying, "Oh, Jigsaw's in it." And then the first thing you see is a serial killer. The fact that I was able to basically almost give it away and he still was able to enjoy the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I thought it held up as well, and splendidly so. I honestly, and and I, I, I think it's an uncrackable movie to be honest. <laughs> like, I like, there's just no way, there's no fucking world where someone like figures that out on a first watch because it's just so all over the goddamn place. Like, yeah, it's almost unspoilable. Honestly, I mean, I, well, that's not true. Obviously, you could give away some big stuff, but but. I was, I, I've, it's been a long time since I've been made such a fool watching a movie. Like, I was so fucking wrong. 
That's just great. not even in the realm of right. Like, that's so, so great. That's pretty wild. Well, because I know you like mysteries, and I didn't honestly. It didn't even occur to me how close this was to Diabolique when I picked it. Because I was just like, close, yeah. yeah, this is just one of those movies that I'm like, oh, Longino needs to see it. He likes mysteries and twists and turns. I think he'll like this one. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I. But I was also like I said, I was afraid that like there might be something I'm missing. There's something real cheesy about this movie, isn't there? Like Alec Baldwin's just gonna look. I mean, it kind of is. I think that's what's brilliant about it. Like, a good quarter to halfway through the movie, I was sitting there watching it, and honestly, the, like, held up of the movie wasn't necessarily cast yet. Right. I was going like, I mean, this is a good movie and all, but, like, seems pretty obvious. Right. And then (laughs) (laughs) Jigsaw came out strangling, and I was like, I, I, I. what? Huh? <laughs> and then, and then to the back had nine of the movie, you know, on this fucking golf course of craziness. Like I was lost, like a lost. <laughs> and so it made it made me go, oh wow, I was totally wrong. Like, and and so then I really enjoyed it, and I and I think given a second viewing, I'd continue to really enjoy it because I, I didn't give the movie credit for like how zingy it was going to <laughs> And that's why I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. I was like, I was so wanting to say, hey, there's a serial killer in this movie and it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's madness. Like, you can't I think do even that. Roger Ebert even said that in his review. Is like, it's like, it's definitely the only movie where a serial killer is just put there for atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe serial killer just icing on the cake. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I did, yeah. It's, it's, and I think ironically, the like, the lack of media, like, push. I mean, they had the one trailer that they really pushed on people, but they were trying to obviously play their cards a little close to the vest. And then nobody saw it. So, of right. course, the movie doesn't get any kind of reputation. There's no, like, oh man, don't tell your friends the twist ending. People are like, well, I haven't even heard of this movie. <laughs> so, how can I spoil it for you? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, I would say this is actually the perfect environment if you haven't already listened to us give away everything <laughs> to watch this movie and enjoy it on its uh, uh, splendid merits. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, John, for watching Malice with me of this course. month. Uh, anyone listening, if you would like to send us any comments or suggestions for future holdups, you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us at our website, holduppodcast.com, where you can find links to our Instagram page, our Twitter page, and all sorts of other things. And until next time, I don't have a God complex. I am God. (laughs) 